It's great to be here. Um, it's great to see you. You're really welcome, as Chris has already done and said. Um, it's brilliant to be in this new space together, isn't it? It really is thrilling, and um, it just feels feels good, feels right, feels like it's the Lord. And um, we are excited about, you know, the things that the Lord is continuing to say to us and will say to us over the next days and weeks as we um, get ourselves more and more set um, there's been little bits of work going on each week, and we hope to kind of keep improving things, as Chris said at the start. Big thanks, particularly to Trevor and to Benson and Frederick, basically, for painting the place um, over uh, the last couple of days, and uh, Johnny for all the work that's going on to try and get more and more stuff in, sound-wise and screen-wise and all that kind of a thing. But um, we, we, we will get there week by week, and, uh, and more importantly than even just how the place looks and how the place feels, what we are really excited about is hearing what the Lord wants to say to us over the next number of days and weeks. Um, <clears throat> it's been great to have, as we come into September, which is generally a time when we share some vision or we share some stuff that kind of gets us set for the year ahead. It's really great to have a physical space that in some way embodies part of what we're saying. It feels like a kind of physical, practical demonstration of what we feel the Spirit has been saying to us and a sign that the Spirit is speaking to us and is leading us forward. And um, uh, while it hasn't necessarily been always the way God has expected, uh, we've expected God to lead us. We're in a space where we feel it, it is the Lord for this season. It is, it is good. And, um, and we want to really honor the process of the leading of the Lord. And so today we want to share a little bit more with you about what we feel the Lord is saying to us. And so the first 10 or 15 minutes of this is going to be... Um, not so much ramblings, but just me trying to pull together some of the prophetic, if you like, threads and hunches and leadings of the Spirit that we feel the Lord's been saying over the last couple of months. And then the second half of what I say this morning will be a little bit more practical about the things that we feel the Lord's calling us to um, be encouraged by. The bells are ringing. It's a sign. It used to be a little man going past on the cleaning machine in the High Street Mall beeping. These days, it's a little bit more cultured, and it's the it's the bells of St. Mark's. Praise the Lord, right? So this this um, this season, we really felt the word of the Lord speak to us about this word advance, um, <clears throat> and um, hopefully you've started to pick that up over the last couple of weeks if you've been around. If you're just joining us today, you're really really welcome, and we hope you can pick up the the kind of pace of the if you like or the the sense of the, the Lord's leading. And <clears throat> this word really came out of this particular scripture. You still got next one up, Johnny. But we, uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 39, <clears throat> but we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. And we really started to feel as we came into the September that there was a bit of a gear shift, that we weren't necessarily completely sure where we were going. But the Lord was saying to us, it's been a season of being faithful, and now we feel there's a shift about now becoming people that are full of faith. And we really believe that the Lord is speaking to us about a kind of posture change, if you like, in our spirits, even though we don't necessarily know where it's all leading, we do feel like a shift in, in our posture, in our spirits, to, to lean forward, to be people that are on the front foot. This is not a time for the church just to car away in the corner and to wonder what's going to happen, but it's a real time to seek the Lord and to hear and believe that He wants to speak to us as we try to rebuild broken communities. And so we want to move forward, but we really want to move forward, and I can't stress this enough, in an attitude of worship, 
and in an attitude of prayer and in an attitude of humility because we're not always sure where we're going, particularly at this point that we're living in in history and within our own country. In, in the natural, we're not sure necessarily what's going to happen. Sure, we're not. There, there could be another lockdown. There might not be. You know, some of you are all pulling your hairs out as kids have gone back to school, wondering what on earth is happening and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. It's, it's uncertain. It's unpredictable. And the road ahead can still seem quite foggy. And I think even as the church, it can still feel a little bit. And I think we are, in a sense, I think the Lord has allowed us to be in a wilderness season as the church because stuff happens in the wilderness that's important. And um, in some ways, it might still feel like we're there. And obviously, over the summer, if you were tuning in, we looked at this whole theme of promised people, of getting ready to enter the promised land and orientating ourselves in the narrative of Scripture, particularly the children of Israel's journey out of, out of Egypt through the wilderness into the land of promise. And our sense is that, that, um, that the Holy Spirit um, has, has, has used COVID time to, to, to bring the church through a time of, of wilderness where there's deep refining, where there's deep work that's done, there's deep identity stuff done, there's deep testing that's done. Um, because when people come out of the wilderness, they're supposed to come out of the wilderness like Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, <clears throat> and it's like, it feels to me like, um, we're not quite fully sure where we're going, but it feels to me like like we've talked a lot over the last number of years as a church that the cloud has shifted, and we've had to pack up our tents, and we're following the Lord towards somewhere that's not fully we're not fully sure of, but we can trust that it's good. I don't know. Imagine the scene: the children of Israel. In, in that Exodus kind of Leviticus numbers kind of part of the part of the Bible, they would have, you know, pitched their tents underneath the cloud, a cloud by day and fire by night, and they just encamped around the presence, and that's really what our story has been since we planted Emmanuel Portadown. It's encamping around the presence. It's prioritizing the presence of God. It's not front-loading all of our ideas about what a great church would be, and we want to have this kind of thing and that kind of thing, and imposing our kind of franchise or a model of church. But it's been much more, can we camp around the presence? Can we, can we be a people that are flexible and fluid to the movements of the Spirit? Can we prioritize the presence of God in such a way that we can be a people on a journey towards where the Lord wants to truly reveal the inheritance that He has for His people? And, and can you imagine when they, every now and again when they stopped, when the cloud stopped, that they stopped? And I don't know, sometimes that could have been for a week. Obviously, it took a long time in certain places because it took them 40 years to get out of it. But I, I think there was then these moments where the cloud moved. Now, now imagine waking up one morning, getting out of your tent, going to like Baker Parge or Manor or whatever it was, right? And then you're like, here, the cloud's moved. And you must have got pretty proficient. I don't know what any of you are like putting a tent up and down. I'm not the best, to be honest. Um, I try my best to follow the instructions because I've learned that if you don't, you usually like, you know, pay for it later on. But it takes, so they all kind of get together and they start to pack up the tents and then they pack up the tabernacle and they're carrying, the Levites are carrying these holy things and they start to move around the wilderness as they follow the presence of God. And it feels to me like we're in a place where we're moving towards more and more sense of promise, but the cloud has shifted, and we need to pack up. And that, if you can apply this really, really personally, what do you need to pack up? How do you need to prepare yourself? Do you really even want to follow the presence, or would you like to just keep on camping where you were at? Those are like deep, 
powerful questions I think the Holy Spirit has sent. And it seems to us as we go forward as a church, it feels like the Lord has said, okay, this, this is the place for now. Stella was reminding me that apparently this was, a, this was a bed shop years ago as well. And we were in a place that was a bed shop um, um, in the High Street Mall. And, you know, she was saying this to the Lord, how it's like a, a place of rest, you know. Um, hopefully not a place where you'll come and go to sleep. Um, particularly when I am speaking, all right? Um, but it's maybe a place of rest. And, and there's a sense in which it ring, rings true that these are places where it's like God saying, the presence is just resting here. Will you, will you rest with it? See, it defies intellectual knowledge. But that's what the presence of God does. It defies logic sometimes. But sometimes that's what the presence of God does. It's just what you have to ask the question, what are you living for? What are you living for? Are you living for the presence of God? Are you living for living your life in and under the presence of God? Or are you living for some other kind of thing that you're hoping might fulfill who you are and get you through this particular season that you're living through? And so normally this Sunday in our normal kind of church procedures would be called Vision Sunday. And I'm going to share some things that hopefully give us a little bit of focus over the next number of weeks. But in some ways, I was thinking about this during the week. It's more like for me... <laughs> This maybe sounds a bit cheesy, but it's more like Anticipation Sunday as much as it's Vision Sunday. Because if I'm being completely honest, I don't fully know where we're going. But I know God has an inheritance for us. And there is anticipation rising in my spirit, even over the last couple of weeks and months. And as I stand here today, there is anticipation rising in me. Anticipation that I don't think is just a little positive kind of pick-me-up sort of thing. But the anticipation of the Spirit of God, because this land is well overdue, an awakening of the living God, well overdue. This nation, these lands, the UK, Ireland, this part of it, it's well overdue, an inbreaking of the Spirit of God, and this could be the moments that we're living through. And I don't know about you, but I feel anticipated. I don't know what that would fully look like. I just know it would be the goodness of the Lord poured out on the land of the living. And maybe you're here today because you don't really know where you're going either, <laughs> but you have anticipation in your spirit. And all I can say to you is if all of us put all of that godly anticipation together, and channel it together and lift it up before the Lord, it becomes this corporate hunger that heaven is attracted to. And I feel like that's what the Lord is doing and that's what he's given us an opportunity. It's not just about, I think it's not just about getting another building together as important as that is. It's, it's, we've been in a season where we, with the presence of God, if you like, the cloud has been in our homes, and it still is, obviously, because these days the presence of God is everywhere. It's man, it's man, it can manifest itself wherever we go and wherever we are. But there, I think God wants us just to be in this season together because something is stirring amongst us. And we'd love to be sharing with you more, if more clarity, if you like, and with more precision what the vision for the next wee while looks like. But we don't necessarily know, as I say, what that is. But what we do know and what we keep saying to ourselves as we meet as leaders at the moment, just let's, how do we stay in step with the Holy Spirit? It's, you can be out of step. We can be out of step. You can be a Christian for 50 years and be out of step with the Spirit. Yeah? You can come to church and be out of step with the Spirit. You can know all the verses 
and be out of step with the Spirit. We want to be a people that are in step with the Spirit. I'm not saying necessarily we get that right all the time, but that is our heart's desire, and that's what we would love to encourage you to be part of today as we move forward. It's like over the last couple of years, when it comes to vision and looking ahead, God has been teaching us new ways of doing this. A global pandemic, I feel like, has a way of humbling humanity. And uh, particularly when it comes to like our understanding of what we think is going to happen and how the world is going to be and all of that and rely on our own knowledge to get us there. And I think God has been allowing us to become more and more dependent on Him through these times, encouraging us to relinquish control. Um, last January 2020, we, uh, we came into that year 2020 thinking, right, this is a new decade for us to change the world, you know, and we need a vision. You know, we were coming into the first Sunday of January going, we need a vision to share with the church, you know, we could blow the socks off them, you know, and get everybody fired up and we're going to take the nation for Jesus and you know, it wasn't quite like that, but you know what I mean, exa- exaggerating a bit, but it was a bit like that. That was, that was the, what you feel sometimes as a church leader, let me put it like that. And we, as we prayed about it, we, we really felt like the Lord, if we said something like that, we'd be making it up, right? Or we'd have been trying to impress. And we, <clears throat> the thing that we felt the most was, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> we're, in a, we're in a leadership meeting one day, and I said, guys, the only thing I'm getting is Psalm 1. And Psalm 1 says, like, you know, it's, like, it's a great scripture, obviously, but it's not necessarily to change the world. It's like, be like a tree planted by streams of living water and stay rooted. And, and I was saying this to the guys, you know, thinking that they were going to go, well, that's not, like, like really impressive. And then I think it was Phil said, oh, that's the best thing you've said in weeks, right? <laughs> or something along those lines, you know, because in that moment, it resonated in our spirits, you know, because we, we, don't, we don't know. We, did, we didn't know, and we just felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, you know, just hold your nerve. It's getting a bit crazy out there. Hold your nerve. Stay rooted. Be a person of presence. Let your roots go deep. And just be like that tree. That was January 2020. That's what we shared with the church and said, maybe at some point later on this year, God will say something else that sounds a bit more impressive, and then we can tell you that. And... Um, and then COVID came in March 20. And it's felt like a couple of months later, it's felt like that was the word of the Lord to us, to stay rooted, to be a people who go deep, to, to stay in his presence, to hold our nerve, and to stay in step with the Holy Spirit. And as we come to this particular point, wisdom seems to be speaking to us at the moment to say that the next couple of months, this, let me say, sort of, autumn, winter, to the end of the year kind of season, is a time where we really feel the Lord wants to speak to us as a church. And he wants to speak to us through you, because the mind of Christ is in the body of Christ. feel he wants to speak to the leadership. And so we feel like we want to, <clears throat> and God has given us this place to help us set aside time to listen to him, to hear the Lord, to consecrate ourselves onto him, to hear him speak. It feels like the Lord has given us some first fruits, if I could put it like that, of what a vision for the next five or ten years might look like. There are some ideas that are percolating around, some things that are really stirring that we feel the Lord saying about our city that he would like us to press into. But they're not fully formed, let me put it like that. But they are exciting. They're like first fruits of the Lord moving in our midst. Particularly Chris, as he tries to lead us and dream about 
what's going on in our city, how we can really see and seek the peace of this city, how we can see not just individuals changed, but systems changed and structures changed, where people like many of you are, are situated in everyday um, situations and spheres of influence. And so it feels like the Lord wants to speak to us. You know, Joseph got a plan when he was in the prison after he interpreted a dream that was for seven years in a time of famine to feed a nation. And we've referenced Joseph a few times over the last number of weeks. And it feels to us that the Lord wants to speak to us about something over the next three or four years, or sorry, over the next three or four months that's going to be about the next five or ten years. And, uh, and so uh, there's a holiness to that. And there's a, there's a, there's, there's a need to, to receive that in a really kind of sober and awesome way because the Lord wants to speak. Because God, we believe, is going to re- release dreams on those who are hungry. And um, just to kind of ground this little bit before I just share some practical things with you in the scripture, um, in the wilderness narrative that we were, I was referring to, there was this particular point as they started to move and get ready for the promised land that they, they sent 12 spies into, um, into the promised land, you know? 10 spies went out, 2 spies and came in. Anybody else know that? Well, yeah, 10 were bad, 2 were good, right? Um, and uh, they went into the uh, promised land and they, they came to this place. And could you, could you put the next um, one on? I don't think this is working, John. Um, put the next one on. There's a picture. Look, that was the best they could find, right? <clears throat> and this is um, Joyce Sykes. Um, I had a word for us um, a, few, a, few, um, a couple of weeks ago after our 25th anniversary our birthday kind of party, which was an amazing night. And she's sharing with me the next day how when she went home, she was praying and asking the Lord and, and just meditating on, on how, how good a night it was. And the Holy Spirit spoke this word to her. Ashol, and Ashol was the place where the 12 spies went to. And it was a place of fruitfulness. Apparently, if you still go to this place, the fruitfulness of the grapes are unbelievable, right? And, um, and they came back something like this, carrying this, like, this, fr- this beautiful fruit. Now, can you imagine living in the wilderness for the guts of 40 years and then somebody bringing back this incredible fruit, right? And, um, and she felt like the Lord was saying that this is a, this is a moment of a shoal. And the word a shoal means cluster or a bunch. And, uh, and I feel like this is, this is a word from the Lord for us, actually. I feel like this is the Lord speaking to us. And I feel it's very timely for this moment because a, sh- a shoal is a place where you see the first fruits. You're not quite there yet. But you've got an idea of what the first fruits are that the Lord wants to bring you into and bring us into. And I, I really feel at the moment that the Lord is allowing us to start to hear some of the first fruits of what he does. Our community, maybe your own soul at the moment if you're sitting here, but our community certainly, our people, there's many people that are living in the wilderness, right? They've just been, in a sense, maybe even very naturally and practically too, they've just been eating the same thing every day. And God wants to give them something of the fruitfulness of who he is and who his character is. And I think that God wants to help us understand what some of the first fruits of that are. And I think over the next number of days and weeks, we should be expectant about what those first fruits are. And so I just felt, even as I was preparing this this morning, that we should make sure that we should encourage ourselves to get back to if we've maybe dropped off a little bit, praying for the sick. And even if you don't see them fully healed, you might see a 
burst through. Like you might see a smile crack out on their face that's been worried and tormented for days and weeks. And that could be a first fruit. You might get a conversation about Jesus with somebody in your workplace. And that could be a first fruit. You might start to be woken up in the middle of the night with dreams or visions or things that you just start to think about how God might be. These could be first fruits. And I, I really believe that over the next number of days and weeks that the Lord wants us to see that more and more. And, um, and when, we were, <clears throat> when we were on our uh, celebrating uh, a couple of weeks ago, the 25th birthday of Lurgan, which many of you were over as well at, because that's all part of our own shared story and journey. Um, we were praying that afternoon just before that night. And in the prayer room, you will have heard me say if you were there that night, in the prayer room there is a scroll in the wall. And it's kind of uh, it's kind of stuck with nailed into the wall, and you can basically pull the scroll down and write prayers, and it. it's really kind of just creative way to engage people in prayer. But I was in it. Um, we were in the prayer room because nobody's been in the prayer room, obviously, because of COVID for the last number of months and months. I, when I was praying, I was looking at this, and it, I could see that the things that were on it had been on it for about eighteen months, and nobody had pulled it down and written anything else on it. Naturally enough, because nobody was in the prayer room. But it kind of annoyed me a little bit that nothing's been written on this. And, and oh, we haven't been able to be in here. And I just felt the Holy Spirit speak to me and say, unroll the scroll. Unroll the scroll. It's time to listen for the dreams of God again for a city and for an area and for our families and for the places that we live. It's time to put ourselves in a place of worship because there's only one worthy to open the scroll. But when we put ourselves before Jesus, the scroll will be unrolled and more things can be, can be written on that. And as the anticipation that I'm talking about in the spirit rises, I just feel like there's going to be first fruits. And it's not going to just come through me or Chris or, or whoever or our leadership team. It's going to come through you, the body of Christ. And so I feel like there's a really personal response to this today, corporately and personally. What, what is your contribution to the body of Christ? What is your contribution to the place where you live, where you are being, we're all being called to be everyday missionaries for the glory of God? And, uh, and so I just, I, want, I really want to encourage you in that. And um, I also want to just transition into sharing a few practical things before we close this morning by also saying that um, we have a process for this. And so we really want to honor the process. This, we want this to be not just me getting up and giving a talk and saying, right, we want to all kind of listen to God over the next three, four months. We want to actually have a process. And so our, our vision, if you like, <laughs> for September to December for this, for this year, the vision for this next three, four months is to listen to God for a long-term vision, right? Does that make sense? So the short-term vision is to listen to God for the long-term vision. Because at some point, I, I believe, I'm not exactly sure when, at some time, I believe, in 2022, I think we will be saying certain things about what we feel the Lord's calling us to do that are going to demand our whole lives all over again. They're going to demand more money than we've ever had. They're going to demand more resource than we've ever had. They're going to demand more commitment than we've ever had. Not in some kind of guilty way or kind of a heavy way, but just with the joy, for the joy of seeing towns, cities, nations, people's lives changed around for the glory of God. And so, and we all get to play our part. We all get to be involved. And so here, here's what the process is. This is what I want to try and say to you, just so you have an understanding how this works. So 
as, as a church, we want to be a spiritual discerning community, a spiritually discerning church, um, because um, for, for too long, if the Lord's been doing anything in the church, he's been, um, he's been humbling it around, it looking like it's about the platform that one person gets up, gives a really impressive speech, and hopefully everybody else will do what he says or she says, right? It's not the body of Christ, right? And if God has been kind of revealing and exposing every, anything over the last number of years in the church, it's, that's one of the main things, right? And so the body of, the mind of Christ is in the body of Christ. It's not in the leader, right? Leaders are anointed and called by God. They're really important. It's all over the New Testament. But equally, it's a priesthood of all believers. It's both and, okay? And the Holy Spirit is at work in them. And so uh, over the next number of months, what we would like to do as a senior leadership team who meet weekly, Philip, Chris, myself, and Dave Wiley, um, we just really feel like the Lord is calling us to really steward this, to pray and to fast, to seek the Lord and to carry this process and to continually week by week try and put our ears to the Lord and to one another as we listen to him for what he's saying and how do we kind of collate all that we feel like we're hearing through our conversations with many of you into a vision. We have a number of key conversations that are already in the diary, like half days that have been scoped out for our elders, our board, our, our sort of senior leadership teams and ministry leaders, just to seek God and to listen to God and to collate what we sense the Lord is doing and what the Lord is saying. And then we really feel like as a wider church, we would love to create spaces for people to have conversations. So we've got two of, we've got these catalyst conversations. Let me just say what they are quickly. Chris would love to put and host two or three nights throughout the next few months where we uh, just invite whoever wants to come to key conversations about significant things that are going on in the community that we'd like to do something about. So there'll be a conversation on mental health, there'll be a conversation on poverty, and there'll be a conversation on the environment. Now, those may well kind of uh, multiply into other conversations as time goes on as well, but to get us going, we'd like to invite as many people as would like to or feel like they would either like to pray, intercede, or very practically get involved. If they're carrying some thoughts about how we move in that, we would, uh, we would really love you to come. We're going to do a day of prayer for the whole church family, kids, intergenerationally. Probably, probably haven't just landed in the date yet, probably a Saturday in November. And, uh, and we want to invite the whole church to come in. We're going to unroll the scroll, and we're going to ask the Lord to come and speak to us. And let's write the dreams and prayers of the city. We're going to have corporate prayer as we normally do again this Wednesday night. Love to encourage you to try and make that a priority in your life. Because it's the time when the body gets together to seek the Lord and to pray. And, uh, and the worship. And uh, over the next number of weeks, our theme are going to be, what are the valleys in our community that we want to see God move in? Um, often we talk about the mountains of influence, but we've come to realize, you know, that Jesus said that the, some of the mountains were going to be brought low and the valleys would be raised up. And so we're going to be praying over some of the areas in our community that we think are valleys. And then just to reiterate, hopefully you know this, but we just love to have a coffee with you. Um, when you feel, and not just when you feel, but we, we want to have an ear, particularly if you feel like the Lord is speaking. We just want to have those one-on-one conversations where together we can discern the mind of Christ. And so hopefully you can hear something of the invitation on behalf of the leadership today, but more importantly, on behalf of the Lord, into what we think the Lord is saying to us. Let me quickly run through just some of the things then in the last 10 minutes here before we finish that are kind of part of our bread and butter. So our vision hasn't changed. 
our vision is to help rewrite, hopefully that's been coming through already, the story of Kurgavan, Ireland, and the nations with the good news of the kingdom of God. That, that hasn't changed. Maybe some of our methods will because the world has changed. But the vision is the same. Our values are the same. Loving God, loving people, loving the world. And they express themselves on our six practices, which are prayer and worship, creativity, hospitality, justice and compassion, mission and making disciples. Our life group kind of conversations are orientated around those things because we want to keep on doing that. That's how, how, how we become the people that God has called us to be. And then just to finish then, very practically, we want to look at our six aims. They haven't changed either, but what happens under each one has and is flexible. And so <clears throat> these were the six aims that we've had for the last number of years that we feel help focus us towards fulfilling this vision. Because the vision's really aspirational, isn't it? To help rewrite the story of Kurgavan, Ireland, and the nations with the good news of the kingdom of God. The, 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 way, the way that we feel like the Lord has given us a degree of shape is, uh, and, and, and a bit of focus on how to move towards that is in six long-term aims. So every time we do vision, we try to set the things that the Lord has put in our hearts under these six aims. And so first and foremost, we believe that God wants to steward and be part of move, um, um, uh, seeing a move of God's spirit in the nation. Again, it's well overdue. That's what we want to see. So here's, here's some ways that we just want to focus over the next number of months on that. We want to continue to do our corporate prayer nights. We hope we'll be in Lurgan this Wednesday night. We hope in two weeks' time then we'll be able to use this space. That's our hope. And we're going to pray over those areas that I just mentioned a while ago. We, uh, we, we feel like we would like to slowly reintegrate some of our Sunday nights. Um, part of living through a season like we have is we don't want to rush back to meetings for the sake of meetings. We want to be quite clear on what the why is for our gathered environments. But we do feel like we need spaces where we just purely gather around the presence to lean in on worship, prayer, and intercession. And so we're going to have these seek first Sunday nights, and they're going to be the last Sunday night of every month, just between now, we'll probably not do December, because it's probably like New Year's Eve or something like that, but we will do like September, October, and November, okay, the last Sunday night of each month, um, a bit like our encounter nights, if those of you have been part of our story before, and uh, and we just we just want to lean into that, and uh, continue to like fan into flame the, the sense of renewal that we think the Lord wants to bring. Just so you know, a, a number of us pray once a month with our other church leaders in the Lurgan Portdown area, and uh, we want to continue to do that monthly. We unite the prayer just for God to move. Um, and then finally, we're still planning, if we can, holding it relatively lightly, but with some other um, kind of church friends and different kind of tribes within the, the church in Ireland, we feel like we'd like to move towards um, doing the Festival Nua that we had planned a couple of years ago in June next year. It works out really well because... Um, with the Queen's Jubilee or whatever, the Thursday, Friday of that's off now as the bank holiday. And so we think that'll be a brilliant time just to gather, hopefully in a field, if we can do that with restrictions and all in place and be sensitive about it, just to seek God as a bunch of friends hungry to see God do something in the nation. Number two, we want to create a culture of radical discipleship that releases a movement of people fulfilling the Great Commission. Our, our life groups are back on. It's the kind of bread and butter of, of how we do community. We, we don't want, and if God has taught us anything, we don't want just a church of consumers. We want to see a church of disciples, disciples that make disciples. We always say if, if the Great Commission is for everyone, then everyone should be able to do it. Right? So, um, so we want people to be discipled so that they can disciple. 
And so we'd love to see more multiplication. Stephen does a wonderful job of kind of coordinating that and keeping it together. And we're back in, 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 uh, in flow. It was great to hear that three or four groups all bumped into each other last Monday night in McDonald's um, in Portadown. Didn't know what hit it now that we can meet again in person. And the big is in the small. And, and you know, as much as we really love this, let me be slightly provocative here, as much as we really love this and as much as I am like so pumped to be back together like this, right? I sometimes wonder, does Jesus get a little bit like with a smile on his face where he's like, what is it about these guys that just love like to give one guy the mic at the front and sing a few songs together and that's it? Because the way Jesus did discipleship was much more in line with what we do in life groups. It was much more in line with like, well, let's get together and let's do the real talk. Let's, let's talk about the stuff that really matters. Let's pray for one another. Let's, let's, hear, let, let's hear what's going on. Let's not just imbibe information, but let's become like Jesus and let's spur one another on to do that. And let's develop vulnerability and accountability and humility. And let's not go hiding just by like turning up in the back. And let, let's come together and be part of what Jesus is doing. And so if, I think I'm saying that because I think that's one of the things that God's been really saying to the church during COVID. And then, and then we're really interested in how we, can develop, how we can develop a common rule of life. What have we learned over the last period of time that, that God is speaking to us about rhythms from Sabbath to prayer to how we orientate our lives around the presence of God? And, uh, and so we've got our reading plans and and different community rhythms that we put in place. Phil has a video there every Monday morning now that you can tune into if you're following the reading plans. It'll give you an overview of the readings that week. We'd love to develop some kind of an app that could keep us connected with different prayer rhythms throughout the week. So those are things in our hearts. And then we want to develop a culture of everyday missionaries, people who are seeking the Lord in the city. And obviously it's brilliant to have our kids and youth environments up and running again. Thirdly, we want to continue to build a mature local resource church right across Lurgan and Portadown. That's always been our goal, as you know. And hopefully um, our new building here will allow us to do that. And hopefully our longer term building, which we're still waiting for more and more um, progress on to come. And that's going to be a major focus over the next few months. As well as in Lurgan, the guys are really scoping out how do we become more of a place? How do we restructure parts of the building to become more and more inclusive, more and more like leaving space at the table for the poor and the broken and the lost. And so we're excited about that. And then, and then to make this work, we really need to reestablish our gathered environments. I don't want this to come across in any way like uh, you have to do this or anything like that. But for a family to work, if everybody does a chore, then it works a lot easier, doesn't it? And so it would be great, like, you know, if we could get our kids' environments up so that we don't have to not meet. If you could give, if you could serve in that way, it would be brilliant. Um, you know, some people have been on three weeks in a row, which isn't obviously ideal at the minute already. And so we'd just love to see that. If you could, if you could help or serve in one of those per month or welcome or hospitality or practical serving, that would be great. But kids and, and, and youth is definitely a real focus so that we can see our gathered environments work really well. We want to continue, number four, to release a, a movement of church plants. That's, we feel like God is calling us to be a resource church so we can plant more churches. There's now 12 churches within our wider Tabar family of churches, stretching from Cavan up to um, Bangor. And um, it's been amazing over the last number of weeks and months to be really supporting them. So you can put the next one on, Johnny, just showing that. We, we hope, we, we really feel like we would love to plant over the next number, uh, over the next year or so in the south. 
We'd love to see a resource church established in the south that we could develop a really strong relationship with and, um, and from that place become a bit of a hub to see more churches planted in the south of Ireland. And we, we feel like there's a number of other little kind of missional communities potentially starting to pop up. And, um, and we've a prophetic team trained up over the last year that have been inputting into those churches wonderfully. Last two, um, we, we want to see um, more, as I've talked about already, more um, citywide transformation happen. We want to pray and conceive and implement initiatives for the Kurgavan area. So I've mentioned the Catalyst conversations that, that Chris is going to host. We're going to have a couple of those over the next few months. We're also praying about how do we reposition all of our compassion ministry so it's not just a number of projects, but that it's a center of excellence for flourishing and well-being and for bringing life to our community. And as I say, we don't want to share things that are half-baked, as we say, in Northern Ireland at the moment, but we feel like they're the Lord and we feel they're forming inside us. And this is our way of saying we'd love you to speak into those as you sense the Lord speaking to you. And then we, we're seeing new Compassion Ministries recommence over the next few weeks and months. We're going to have our Friday Morning Connect Cafe here. Just a wonderful venue for that with the exposure and the footfall that comes through here during the week. And Chris will be in touch with some of you about that soon. And then and anybody that would like to serve in that, obviously let us know. And then some environments, like drop-in environments, particularly for the lonely. You know, we had somebody come in to Lurgan there a couple of weeks ago and they, they, they hadn't been out since November. And just to be able to sit with those people. Somebody's telling me they got the train on uh, Thursday to Belfast. And this person got on the train in Moira and said to one of our guys, can I just sit beside you? Um, obviously, <laughs> ignoring all COVID distancing. But, you know, powerful, isn't it, too? Like, you know, just can I just sit beside you? Just the, the sense of loneliness in our community is, is just it's ridiculous, really. And it's not the way it should be. And we need to create environments for that more and more. And then finally, um, in order to see all this happen, we want to see a mature kind of pipeline for people to be developed in order to lead, in order to plant churches, in order to step up and carry and shoulder the weight of what we feel the Lord has put in our hearts. And so we've, uh, under, you know, some of you will know Rick uh, Preston well, and he's been doing a brilliant job over the last over the last couple of years, just establishing our first track of our leadership pathway where 27 uh, kind of emerging leaders have come through a two-year process meeting almost weekly. And uh, we're hoping to see them kind of graduate that process at the end of October. And we hope and we pray that they will be released into leadership in the days ahead. And then we'll be getting ready for a new cohort of those in uh, January 2022. So I know that last 10 minutes is a bit more information. But I just wanted to give it to you, and we wanted to give it to you so that you can get a sense of what our focus is over the next number of weeks and months. I guess in all of it, what I want you to hear is the overarching kind of uh, leading of the Lord at the moment is we feel like this is a, a short-term process to hear the Lord long-term for the visions and dreams that he, we believe he's looking us to release. He, he's looking to release through us over the days ahead. We are not those who shrink back, but those who are full of faith. That is the call of God in our lives. We're not to be, as A.W. Tozer said, a scared world needs a fearless church. Yeah, a scared world needs a fearless church. And, uh, and, and that's not, that's, you know, we need, we need to be careful. It's, it's not like, when you say fearless, it's not like some just pumped up kind of feeling that you get after you've been in a good meeting. 
It's, it's a commitment to the ways and the teachings and the life of Jesus. And it's a faith and belief that those ways can change the world. That those ways, the ways of sacrificial love, the ways of denying ourselves in order to find life, that those are ultimately going to lead us to bring in life wherever we go and the fragrance of Jesus wherever we go. And so um, in order to do this, in order to do this, um, we're, we're called, Jesus calls the church and called the people uh, he was speaking to when he was here, he called them to be a city on a hill and he called them to be the salt of the earth. It's two, it's two almost, two different metaphors, aren't they? They're, they're very different. Salt is this kind of thing that sort of spreads and, and, and preserves and brings that, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of spread out. A city on a hill is this thing that you feel like has clustered together to be a, a beaming, shining light. And, uh, and so basically we say that to say we think Jesus has called us to be both. And with this space, we have an opportunity for this space to be a city on a hill, a place where we come together and gather, where we start using this place to be a place that people in the town go, we can run here for hope, we can run here for life, we can run here for company, even if it just starts there. It's really interesting, isn't it? The prodigal son, the story of the prodigal son, he didn't have this big spiritual epiphany when he was in the pigsty. He was just hungry. Maybe I could just go home and get something to eat, even though I'm not worthy of it. Just became a first, and then he ran in to radical love. He ran into, he ran literally into, well, he walked, but walked into a, a father literally running to him. And so that, that's what this place can be. It can be a city. In order to do that, as I said earlier, I'd love you to start thinking about personally what, what you can give to that, how you can help contribute to that, from our kids right up to the elderly, how we can serve, how we can be involved. But we don't want that to mean that everybody has to get super busy. The question at the moment is more just how do you prioritize your life? That's what I've been asking in such a way that I can flourish well in Jesus, make a contribution to the family of God, and then wherever God's called me to live my life every day, show up every day and carry the fragrance of Jesus. And so we don't want you busy. Just, just let's all think about how do we prioritize our life in this next season in such a way that we can be a city on a hill and we can be the salt in the earth because you need to be where God has called you to be. You need to be in that school at this moment. You need to be in that business at the moment. You need to be in that hospital ward at the moment. You need to be in that home with your kids. You need to be in that place being the salt of the earth. And so if we prioritize and get clever about how we prioritize our lives, then we can work out how to be both. And so I just really want to finish by praying because we need to let the kids out. So we'll just, we'll just maybe close. Maybe you just play quietly. Caroline, would you just for a few moments, we'll not sing because we're just out of time here. But what I'd love to do is just take a moment and pray for you. And I just feel like at, at this morning, not because of what I've said necessarily, or, but just because of what I think the Lord has been saying, hopefully, and what I'm sensing even as I speak, I think it, it, does, kind of, it does kind of require a little bit of a response in our own hearts. And, and um, if, you can, if you can think about that picture of, the, of a shoal of, of the fruit, the first fruits of what the Lord has given us. It's like, it's like anticipation rises for all that he has for us in the days ahead. And so just for a few moments, just in the quiet, why don't you just choose where you are to say, Lord, I'm just giving you my yes again. Whatever you're doing, I want to be part of.
Jesus. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're here. We sense you here, Lord. We sense you here. We sense your presence here, God. We sense your mercy. We sense your compassion. We sense the invitation of your heart, God, to be reminded today that we are sons and daughters of the living God. We are a royal priesthood, a holy nation that has been called to join the hands of a broken world to the hand of a loving Father. And so, Lord, in these moments, Lord, we just want to say we're available. We're available as your people, as brothers and sisters together. We're available, Lord. Would you take us and use us? Would you lead us on? Lord, over the next number of months, as we try to explain today, we ask that the Spirit of the Lord that you would break out upon us, that you would speak to us. God, I pray just for everyone here today, Lord, I pray, Lord, for dreams in the night. Thank you. You said it would happen when you poured out your spirit. We'd dream dreams and we'd have vision. And Lord, we ask that you would pour your spirit out upon our churches today, Lord, and here in Lurg and, and uh, Portadown and Shalom, Carol, Lord, across our Debar churches, where we ask that you would pour out your spirit, God, upon your people to dream your dreams to help bring the flourishing and the redemption of humanity to yourself, we pray. So, Lord, we trust you, uh, and we pray that you give us a faith and a grace not to be those who shrink back, but those who are full of faith for the days ahead as we walk in the ways of Jesus. For your glory, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brilliant. Okay, we're doing our best. We're trying to get back into, like, times and things like that. So, um, sorry, just slightly ran over. So, it would be great if you wouldn't mind going. You can obviously talk outside if you'd like and stuff. But uh, you, if you're not in a rush, there is no rush. But it would be great if those of you who do have kids.